Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on. And you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Uh, is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For the, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And I think the church understands that. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And I, I'm going to tell you about that uh, in that sixth verse. You know, God looks at the heart of man. 
Men make mistakes. And then when we say man, we mean man and woman, male and female. We make mistakes. But I'm here to tell you something. If you understand mercy, and I don't know that we understand mercy, brothers and sisters, but I'm going to, as we get into this text tonight, I'm going to try to show you what mercy is in the day and the age in which we live. We live under a, a great time called the dispensation of grace, the very mercies of God Himself upon us. We have taken advantage of God's mercies. We have raped God's mercies. We have done everything there is to do to God's mercies, but yet God is merciful. But here we're finding out that when He talks in this way, He says, and it's very, very explicitly said, showing mercy unto thousands of them that love Me and keep the commandments or keep My commandments. And didn't Jesus say, if you love Me, keep My commandments? What was He quoting exactly that? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And we went through that, and I'm not going to go back through that again. Eighth verse, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Now, now not only are we to, to remember it, but we're to do what? Keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But in the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and, and, and I'm sorry, in it thou shalt not do any work, Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy maidservant, nor thy man, uh, manservant or the maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Then it goes on, of course, and talks about honoring thy father and thy mother. But I wanted to come to this place because this is where we're going to use the, this text uh, for the remainder of this service and a uh, few services, I'm afraid, thereafter in order to be able to do this. I want you to go to Leviticus, the 19th chapter of Leviticus. So we are told by God Himself that we are to keep the commandments. We are told to keep Sabbath. Now, if you will study, and hopefully through this study, this sabbatical study that we're going to do, you'll begin to truly understand the importance of this day called Sabbath. We, as the church, decided, especially here in America, to make Sunday our Sabbath. Well, we destroyed or broke that years ago. Okay, we, we broke that. Most, there's a year, very few Christians today that, that does how what we called the Sabbath being Sunday. Now, you don't have a right, nor do I have a right, to change God's Sabbath day. What did he say? Six days you'll work, but on the seventh day you shall rest and you will remember, and you will keep it holy. Now, that's what God said. Again, that's not what I said. That's what God said. Now, in Leviticus 19.34, it says here, But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about somebody that is not of the house of Israel. And I'm talking about both houses at this point. He's talking about the stranger. Now listen, but the stranger that dwelleth with you, somebody that comes in the midst of you, shall be unto you as one born among you. Now, now, now grab onto this real quickly with me here. Now, have we come among them as Christians? Have we? Of course we have then if you want to call yourself, if you can't, if you can't gra grasp the hold of the fact of being of the house of Ephraim, the house of Israel, if you can't grab onto that, that concept, then understand, then we'll go, we, you know, God will bring, a, bring it through the back door and He'll do something different with it again. And He'll begin to show you this because He says, And thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Again, God stamped that with His name. That isn't an elective. That, that's a fact. It's a matter of fact. That if somebody comes in a stranger, he said, you're to bring... He said, as they were born among you, you're to take them in. In other words, they're to have all the advantages that you've got as, as being an Israelite. Every single advantage you have, they have got. That's exactly what God's saying. Uh, in Exodus uh, 31, turn there with me. Exodus 31, and in the 13th verse... Actually, I want the 12th verse. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Now, this is big-time stuff, if you, if, you, if you can grasp it. He says, You tell the children of Israel that they must keep my Sabbaths. Keep them. Now, what is he saying? This will be a sign between you and me. This is God saying, or me and you, throughout all the generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Now, the sanctification... Now, most... Well, I shouldn't say most churches... Many churches minister and teach on sanctification. Your sanctification lies in direct, in direct relationship to the Sabbath, in direct relationship to it. And if you, if you don't think that, well, then read it again, because that is exactly what God is saying here. He's saying that this is going to be a sign throughout all the generations. You keeping the Sabbath is going to be a sign. Now, what do he say? A sign for what? I am the Lord thy God that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. Whoa. Has anybody got the gun? Huh? He said, now, 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 wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You're not going to start telling me we don't keep it. We're going to be put to death. No. No. You see, there has been some changes that have come. And, that, and this is the reason that, that we must understand what Jesus came and what He did and the work that He did do. But again, He didn't come. He didn't come to destroy the law. He came and fulfilled the law. Now, at this point in time, when this commandment came forth, when it came forth and said, now that everybody that doesn't keep my Sabbath will be put to death. The entirety of this covenant that we're reading about now was being done unto the whole nation of Israel. You either all keep it or you all get put to death. Why? Because God was in the ark that we call the ark of the covenant. God was in the box. He had not come out of the box. He had now not come forth. He had not proclaimed at that time that He would take come out of that box and He would then begin to write His law, His laws upon the heart of man. And so because of that, what we have is now that, that it was either in order for Israel to be blessed totally, everybody had to keep it. And that's the reason everybody kept it. And that's the reason everybody watched to be sure that the neighbors kept it. Today, that's not contingent to whether or not we're being blessed. But it was then it was because then it, that's the way it had to be because that's the way God set it up. Why? Because He had all of Israel together. They were all of one. And there wasn't that many of them at that point in time either. And they didn't know and they knew where the ten tribes were going to be at. Alright? Now let's go on. For whoever's for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. You need to align that. Sabbath of rest. What is it? It's a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. It's a holy thing. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. I wonder why he said that twice like that. Evidently, so they can understand. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. And that just simply means never-ending covenant. That's what that means. In the 17th verse, he goes back again and he says, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Forever it is a sign. It is at a bonding and it is the bond. It is the bond between God Almighty and His people is the keeping of the Sabbath, is the bond. Did you read that it's the covenant? It is the covenant. It is the bond. 
For in the six in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day He rested and was refreshed. Now, it, it's neat to begin to recognize how long, most likely, it took for God to create the heavens and the earth. If you will look, there's a definite, and the scientists and the theologians fully agree today that there was thousands of years between verse 1 and verse 2 of the first chapter of the book of Genesis. It took six days to create this earth. Did not the Lord Himself say, a day is as 10,000 years? Ooh, come on. And after God created, and God spent six days, He rested. And now the Lord is saying to us what? You rest on the sixth day. I will make this a covenant, and I'll use this covenant to sanctify you. And I will bring you forth into my glory, into my time, in the, in the generation you're in, and he said it'll be perpetual. It will never end. In other words, he set it up and he said, whoever will keep it will receive the benefits of it, be beneficiaries of it. And we need all the benefits we can get. Amen. I'm for benefits. You're at a job, you want benefits. Amen. You serve God, you want benefits. You should want benefits. And the biggest thing of it is, if you're not receiving benefits, it's not God's fault. Again, I, I spent years trying to figure out why people didn't receive as many of God's benefits as He mentions. Couldn't imagine why not. But see, we had Jesus. We led good lives. We didn't steal. We didn't, you know, do the things that, bless God, be contrary to what we thought to be the commandments. Had the Holy Ghost, some of us anyway, did in the church, spoke in other tongues. We prayed every day. We read the Bible every day. And yet the blessings weren't there. In fact, it became, excuse my <clears throat> phraseology, but very, very poor way of saying we were Christians. And people round about us, and we found, we found that people begin to fall away from. Let me tell you something I found very, very interesting about the Jewish community. As I said, I, when I go to Barbados, I attend the Orthodox services on, on, on Shabbat, on Sabbath, dead as a doornail. Sorriest thing you've ever had, ever in in your life. I will guarantee you, if it wasn't for the beauty of that old synagogue, you'd want to go out and throw up. Truth. But they're there. Did you hear what I said? They're there. It's dead as it can be. There's no, there's no anointing at all within it, but they're there. Why are they there? <laughs> God said to keep the Sabbath. Now, what's going to happen when people are there with the anointing of God, searching out the things of God, because it's the Sabbath? I've got news for you. That's where I keep going back to telling you that's where we're going to provoke them to jealousy. They're going to see us doing the very same things they had. I couldn't help but, but, but believe when I sat there. Uh, in fact, it was a week ago last uh, Friday night, and I, Kay and I was there, and I sat there, and, and, and I could have cried. I thought there was a time when the cloud of, that Moses saw would enter the tent. There was a time when the glory of God would set itself upon, upon God's people. And all they did was go through a bunch of Hebrew things, and somebody finally said amen, and that was the end of it. There wasn't any joy to it. There wasn't any pray, praising God to it. There wasn't anything to it besides we just met there because it's called Shabbat or Sabbath. Does that pay dividends? I'm afraid it does, but not the kind of dividends that they should be receiving. Let's go to, to Numbers 15. Numbers 15. The 13th verse, Numbers 15, 13. All that are born of the country shall do these things after this manner in offering an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if a stranger sojourning with 
you or whosoever be among you in your generations and will offer an offering made before of a sweet savor unto the Lord as ye do, so he shall do. One ordinance shall be both for you and the congregation and for the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Now, again, as we have read that, we should surely understand that it is the same for all of us. What, now, now, now let's, let's try it this way. Maybe you, Would you not think at this point in time that the Christian church, society of the world, Israel looks at or the Jews look at as strangers? Absolutely we are. We're strangers to them. But did God not say, if the strangers come among you, you're to take them in? And now we found out that we are just exactly as liable to the law as the Jews are. Why? Because we are come in amongst them. Again, and the reason I'm doing this tonight is that if you've had trouble grabbing a hold of this thing, and you say, well, I didn't hear anybody say, Ephraim, I didn't hear that in the Spirit. Well, if you're, if you're, if, you know, if that's the problem, tonight we're going to put that baby to bed. The fact of it is that if you're going to have anything to do with the God of Israel, then you are going to be liable for the same law that Israel is liable for. Now, we say again, that's contrary to what we know as the church to have been. I, I hope to be able to bring in a few weeks to you uh, a study that will begin to show you where this all changed. Where at the beginning the church was that? Jesus kept Sabbath. Does anybody in this room not know that Jesus kept Sabbath? Does anybody in this room not know that Paul and Peter and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, kept Sabbath? They kept Sabbath. Then why all of a sudden did we not keep Sabbath as a church? Did God say that as soon as the new we call the new covenant, and we're going to put that baby to sleep one night too? Did God not say that, bless God, that somewhere along the line after the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh come to earth, that we no longer keep Sabbath? No, He didn't. Sabbath is a very special time to God. A very, very special time to God. Now, we should understand that no matter whether we are of Jewish blood in the natural or we're not, if we so journey with them or come in amongst them, then we are liable. And when it talks about, talks about sojourning with them, it means in agreement, in agreement with them, in agreement with them that their God is Jehovah. Okay? Their God, their God is Yahweh. Their God is everything but Mohammed and the other things. Okay? And I realize that, you know, the church, and you know, we in the church and, and the things that we believe to be God, the God of Israel, is what we're talking about here tonight. Now, if, if you will turn with me over in the New Testament in, in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, uh, hopefully this will help a bit. Ephesians 2, 17. Ephesians 2, 17. And, it came, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, what's he saying? We both. The ones that were afar off, the ones that were strangers. That's right. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. Now, does, that, that, this is Paul. This is the one that told us not to do any of this. So we've always thought. Now, what is he telling us here? He's saying, Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, if, in fact, we are of that, 
then it makes all the sense in the world of what I just brought to you out of the 31st chapter of Exodus as to whether us being foreigners and being foreigners and sojourning in with them, we are in liability to ourselves and we are liable for the same things that they are liable to, being the law of God. The law. Is anybody not able to follow that? Because you see, the whole thing, the whole thing is, is, is bringing, it's bringing us into the place of realizing who we are and what we have missed with God. But God, through, through all of His wisdom, and, and I think that's one of the neatest things about God, is that you see, when God does something, He does it right. When God decides to blind us, we're blinded. And as I said, God kept this from what we call the church, what we call ourselves. And he said that he would do that into the latter days. He said that he would first bring Judah back, then he would bring Ephraim back, and then he would take the stick of Judah, he would take the stick of Ephraim, and he would place them together and make one stick. Amen. Book of Ezekiel. And here Paul is trying again to say things. You know, I go over and over again what Peter said. He said, church, be, be, be careful of Paul. Paul's a Pharisee, you know, learned in the law. And he is so smart that when he talks, the unlearned, the unlearned, the unlearned is going to greatly misunderstand what he's saying. And did we not misunderstand what he... God forbid the church is unlearned today. There's some things that are a spiritual matter. There's some things that can't be discerned with the mind. You hear what I'm saying? And the sad thing is people that try to use the mind to figure out the things of God. Sad, sad thing. This can't be gotten. I've said over and over again, you can't get this with your mind. Your heart's either being drawn to it or pulled away from it. God is bringing, as I said, the greatest split that the church world will ever know, and you're seeing the beginning of it. And I prophesy you, to you that as a prophet of God, that it is going to drive people away, it's going to split families, it's going to do everything that we're told by Jesus Himself that was going to happen in the latter days is going to take place through this. Why? Because the ones that can't hear it are going to harden their hearts and come against it. You hear what I said? They're going to harden their hearts and come against it. The ones that do hear it aren't going to have a problem with it. You know, I, you know, I keep saying over and over again, if you can't grab on this thing, don't worry about it. Just keep studying it. Don't, don't, don't. You know, let's, can I say something without sounding too... I don't know whether I can... I don't want, to, I, I, I don't want this to sound like that I'm the smartest guy in this room because I, I don't believe that. But I do want you to understand something that I probably study the Word of God and pray as much as anybody in this room ever thinks about doing. In most of your cases, you couldn't fathom praying and seeking God the way I do. You say, well, you know, you're the minister and you, that's what you've got time to do. Well, that's right, and that's what I do. But it would make little, if any, sense to me to try to put your spirituality up against mine, scripturally or spiritually. It would almost seem seem idiotic to me. But yet people do that kind of a thing. And I'm going to tell you what I think, I think what's going on. There's two things. And I've said, and we've been through the last few months, this. You're either going to have to trust me and at least sit and listen and try to flow with it as much as you can until you get revelation to it, or you're going to have to leave. Because the fact of the matter is, God is not going to change this message because you don't like it. You hear what I'm saying? God isn't, God isn't trying to pacify us, brothers and sisters. What God is trying to do is prepare us because He's about to come back to this earth. And did He not say that He was going to, he was going to bring forth an identity of Himself that was going to be powerful and it was going to be blessed God so strong within Him before His coming without spot or wrinkle? How are we going to get without spot or wrinkle? Keep the law. Why? 
you keep the law, you're not going to sin. You know what I'm saying? If I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe when we get done tonight, we've only been a week or so into this thing. I think with the prayer books, maybe we could have some of you stand up. But some people are starting to tell me. I'm telling you, it'll make a, it'll make a difference in your walk with the Lord. You're going to start thinking more, Jesus. You're going to start thinking more of God when you're making yourself sit down and absolutely pray what's in that book. Do this. Judaism won't be worth anything unless you got what we got. You understand what I'm saying? That's the reason, that's the reason the Jews are starting to back up and they're starting to look because all of a sudden these tassels are starting to have a blue thread in and they're going, God forbid! What is this? Numbers 15.37. What this is. 15.37. There will be a blue thread in the corner, each corner of the tassels. There's a change coming, brothers and sisters. Have I not always prophesied that there was a change that would come? Have I not always stood and proclaimed that the Lord God of Israel the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob was going to come forth and change the church and bring it forth into glory? Well, I don't like the way it's been changed! Well, whoop-dee-doo. You know who you sound like now? The Pharisees and the scribes. That can't be the Messiah! Doesn't look like any king to me. Look at him. Huh? What else have I prophesied for almost 20 years for you people who have been around me? I said that the second coming of the Lord would be like the first. They didn't know him when he came the first time. They ain't going to know him when he comes the second time. Only the separation, only the called out, only the ones that are coming forth are going to know. The rest of them is going to sit back and they're going to deny they're going to kick against the pricks and they're going to carry on and carry on and carry on to their own demise. The decision that you're making is an awesome decision. It's not a decision to lightly take. But this isn't a time to bow your neck against God. This isn't a time to make your decision because you think you're smarter than God. What happened, what happened when Martin Luther brought forth the, you know, the Reformation that he brought forth? What what? Well, they want to kill him. Burn him at the stake. Heresy! But guess what? If it hadn't been for him, you wouldn't be here tonight. Well, I don't believe any of that. He did. Did the church have, did the, church have the revelation or did Martin Luther? Martin Luther did. You think God's going to give this revelation to the church? Uh-uh. He's going to give this revelation to men and women of God that are seeking after His face independently away from the church. Not making everything conform to the church itself. That's the way God's always done things. And, and all you have to do is study a little bit. The, big, the biggest problem with people uh, being concerned about heresy, most of those people aren't learned at all in, in the Scripture. Most of them know one or two Scriptures and make every, everything else uh, formulate itself unto those, and that won't work. Now, in Genesis, the second chapter... All the way back to Genesis 2. Now, my Bible... Kenny, I'm going to have to get some more glue. My Bible's... It's doing it again. Uh, now, I refuse. You know, you heard me. I refuse to ever have another Bible. Never say never. I know. I know you don't do that, but I'm going to have to bring it down and let you work on it. That's what I'm going to have to do. Okay, Genesis 2, 2 through 4. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all of His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day. Now, what did God do? He blessed it. Is the seventh day blessed? He blessed the seventh day. Now, and He sanctified it because that in it He had rested from all His work which God created and made. From all of it. From all of it. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heaven. 
This is what God did. He made them and He rested from it. It's holy because God rested from His creation or His creational work. That's the reason the Sabbath is holy, because He rested. All of it was over, and He rested. And it became holy. Because why? It was a day that He set aside that nothing was done. Nothing was done. Absolutely nothing. Exodus 16. Exodus 16. We're going to get into a bunch of New, uh, New Testament scriptures. Uh, we won't tonight, but we will. So you just hang on. We'll show you where it's over there too. Exodus 16, the 12th verse, 11th verse, start in 11th verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Now, who did God speak to? He spoke to Moses. And who was doing the speaking? It was God, not Moses. I have learned the murmuring of the children of Israel, speaking to them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it shall come to pass that at even, even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing, as small as a hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. In other words, they didn't know. And Moses said unto them, This is bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Now listen now. He commanded, Gather of it every man according to his eating. And Omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. And when they did eat, meant it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wrought with them. Why? What happened? Because God had spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to them, but they said, ah, nah, 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 nah. He don't know what he's talking about. We're saving ours till tomorrow. That's a spirit, by the way. Hey, and that, that thing came all the way to this generation, okay? Nobody wants to listen. They all have, you know, ah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, that's the way it happens, isn't it? So they thought they'd gather, save that, gather more, and look, we'll stockpile some. But worms begin to eat it. 21, and they gathered it every morning, every man, according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, and he said unto them, This is that which the Lord has said. Now who is saying, Moses or God? God. Tomorrow is the rest of the Lord, is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Tomorrow was. Bake that which is what ye will bake today, and seethe that ye will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to keep until the morning. And they laid it up, Till the morning, as Moses bade, they did something, he told them. And it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it. But on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. Now what in, is for sure that he is doing here? He is setting this whole thing up and showing them. If He said that there's going to be a Sabbath, it's going to be holy unto me, there's going to be a Sabbath, and it's going to be holy unto God. 
And he brought them manna six days, every day. Six days went out. And, and, and on the sixth day, Moses said, Now, boys and girls, you're going to get enough to make two days because tomorrow is Sabbath. Shabbat. And we're going to keep Shabbat so God gave us enough to get through so you don't have to go. No sense going out because there won't be any reason. Now, let's go on. 27. It came to pass that they went out, out some of the people on the seventh day for together, and they found none. Well, he told them they wouldn't be out there. Isn't this the same guy that stood there and God opened an ocean for? The same God that did all of the miracles that took place with Pharaoh? Same guy. Well, now, if I'd have been there, I wouldn't have acted that way. Yeah, we probably would have. Just sort of human nature, isn't it? Now, Moses, you were pretty slick on that, you know, the sea deal, but when it comes to this manna business, just sit down over there. We'll take care of it. All right? Now, listen. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandment and my, my laws? Now, who caught the garbage? The people? First came to Moses. Why? Because he's the man that God's talking to. All right? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the, on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name uh, thereof manna. And it was like uh, coriander seed, white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. That's what it tasted like, if you ever wondered. And Moses, and Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded. Feel an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that you may see the bread therewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. But Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it there before the Lord to be kept for your generations. You know where that's at today? It's in the ark. The same pot. Are they going to find the ark? They already have. Are they going to open it? Yeah, they will one day. And they will take it out. They will take the two stones. The second set. You know, he broke the first head. It happens, you know. The rod of Aaron that budded. His rod, his staff. It's a sign from God. And it budded. And the church is trying to decide whether God wants us to keep the Sabbath. Tough deal, maybe. But didn't it say to keep for your generations? That's all generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up under the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to the land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came into the borders of the land of Canaan. And an omer is in the tenth part of the ephod. Exodus 20. I want to go back through this because, again, I want you to, to understand what he's saying. Remember the Sabbath, 8th verse, to keep it holy. Okay, we are to remember. Because sometimes we forget. Everybody shake their head up and down this way. Yes, we do. Sometimes we forget. Do we forget often? Well, sometimes we forget often. And when one generation, and, and, and see what happens with these things as they are passed down, they are lost. Now, the old sages, the old holy men of Israel, you can call them rabbis if you like, they believe today and have, and this, this belief was passed down even from Moses' time, that the Torah, of which we're studying tonight, is still in its context 
of that which was given by God unto the prophet Moses. They have guarded, and they have guarded it closer than any other thing. You have to understand something about the Jew. There is the Torah written, and then there, there is the oral Torah. There is the Talmud, which is just a bunch of holy men of God having their ideas distributed amongst the Jews. Don't spend a lot of time in the Talmud. Don't spend a lot of time when you read things that has come orally from the Torah. You spend time in the written Torah. And that's what God wants. But why? Because it is still, they believe in the form in which it was received. And thank God that it is. Amen? Thank God that it is. Now in Exodus 34. Exodus 34. And in the 21st verse. Thirty-four, twenty-one. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time, in harvest, thou shalt rest. Oh boy, now that really, oh, we want to open up a can of worms. I can just tell right now. Did with me. Now wait a minute, Brother Decker. You mean it's time... For me to go out and harvest my fields if I'm a farmer, Sabbath I'm to rest, that's what that says. That's what that says. Now, we're, now don't get all hung up on this one. I'm, going to give, I'm giving you the law that was given there. Then we're going to go over into the New Testament, and then we're going to begin to discern scripturally what Jesus was doing when Jesus went out and began to pick the corn on Sabbath or Shabbat, what that was all about. But he's saying to keep the Sabbath. Now, again, was this, a, was this an important thing? Well, it was important enough that if you didn't do it, they stoned you. Now, why would they stone you? Because they were after the blessings of God. Again, this whole thing was contingent on everybody. And you wandered in there as a foreigner and they took you in, then, bud, I'm going to tell you, they were going to stone you. You say, wait a minute, I don't think I like the rules of this game. Well, whoop-dee-doop, if you don't, you better find out the rules before you play. Amen? Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. And we're going to start in the first verse here. And we're going to go a ways. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Now who is doing the speaking? God. Who's he speaking to? Moses. Did he speak to all of Israel? No. Did he speak to Aaron? No. Did he speak to uh, Aaron and Moses' uh, sister, Miriam? No. Spoke to Moses. Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. And you need to underline holy convocations, holy meetings. Uh, one thing, one thing is important to uh, uh, to understand is that when God begins to uh, to bring forth and begin to call such things as this holy and that holy, and we're going to learn much, much more about that. We're going to we're going to begin to teach you about the holy days and especially uh, the, the the holy uh, uh, festival that's go- coming up shortly that we call Easter is uh, Pesach, which is Passover. Uh, God never kept Easter. What God kept was Pesach, which is, we in English, is Passover. So uh, we're going to teach you, and, and once you understand, you're going to be in awe, just as I'm in awe, as to what it is all really about. And uh, it's really neat. Six days you shall do no work. I'm sorry, six days <laughs> you shall do no Six days you shall work, your work shall be done. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, the holy convocation, Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now, I want you to understand and, and, and I want that this holy convocation, convocation is just exactly the same. And you look it up in Hebrew, you'll find out it's exactly the same 
That's what he was saying about the feasts. Now, we haven't, we're not going to name the feasts and go through them. We're going to, that's going to be another, another, another thing. But, but I want you to get a hold of that now. It is the same holiness, the same amount of, of God uh, dealing with both of them. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which He shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month at Eden is the Lord's Passover. Okay? And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. You're just going to like that. It don't puff up, girls. Kind of like a big old cracker. Okay? Eat it for seven days. You say, yuck. Why would I want to read, eat that for seven days? There's a reason. And the reason is, is because God wants us to remember. He wants us to remember what it was like when we, again, if you're attached to Israel, it's we, when we came out of Egypt. Close your eyes for a minute. I want you just to think about the fact that if, pre-adventure, you're out of the loins of Ephraim, of the ten lost tribes of Israel, do you realize at one point in time your mama and daddy being great, 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 the great, great, the great, 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 great was there? Do you realize that? They were there. They were in bondage to the Egyptians full time. Beaten. Making them make bricks without, without, and having to gather their own straw to do it. If they didn't come up with the, the amount, the count every day, they were beaten. It was you that God sent Moses to. It was that we would stand in this day and this generation and we will proclaim the greatness of our God, the same God that brought us out of Egypt. The Red Sea opened for us. And there's about to be another great opening that's going to come to pass in the day and the hour in which we live and we walk. This isn't about a bunch of people that we don't know anything about. This is about us. It is about us. And if it's not about you, then of a truth you're a heathen. And of a truth, you'll probably end up in hell. And you say, well, I don't understand. Then you need to study what I've already taught. Because God has always called Ephraim the Gentiles. Always has. If that thing's not going on in your heart... See, that's the reason I said you can, you can bring people to church. You can get them in church. You can call them back to church. You can do all the things in church. Then you look around and they're gone. I don't mean to another church. I mean gone. What is it? Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. You can open your eyes now. If that thing inside of you called your spirit man isn't being drawn, what does the Bible say? You cannot come to the Father, not Jesus, not the Son, not the Holy Ghost. You cannot come to the Father except you be drawn by the Father. You can't come to. That's the reason, well, you know, I, yeah, well, you could be right. And then you bring people, oh, that's just a bunch of baloney. Now, I'm not talking about what we're doing here. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. I'm talking about the cross. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh. I'm talking about all the things of Christianity. No, I just I don't believe that. If there's really a God, then let Him open up the, the, the Ohio River down here tomorrow morning. If not, I'm not believing Then we have the ones that came to church for a little while and become instant know-it-alls scripturally about everything, didn't we? Well, guess what we're doing in our church? Well, that's not God. I can tell you that right now. That's not God. And like I said, I wonder how much time they really spend with God to be able to make those kind of judgment calls. I really wonder. I really wonder how much time They've really spent those Scriptures checking things out to say that can't be God. Never know, will we? Seventh verse. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation. 
You shall do no several work therein. That's the first day of Passover. There's no work to be done on that day. But you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no several work therein. The seventh day there's to be no work. First day, seventh day. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and saying to them, When you come to the land which I give you, given to you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priests. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. For the morrow, after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Notice they don't do it on the Sabbath. Again, I'm just reading some of this because I want you to get a hold of these. He's talk, going to talk about these, uh, these in here, but we're not going to, we're not going to uh, 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 go through each one of them individually now. We'll do it later. Go to the 21st verse. And ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation unto you. Ye shall do no several work therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. So you see, these things are big time important things to God. Now, you and I may not, you and I may not deem them to be so important. But if God thinks they're that important, then they must be pretty important. They must be important enough that, bless God, that God is saying, that, bless God, that we need to take heed to what He's saying. And He goes on down, all the way through the 44th verse, you're going to read, and we're running out of time tonight, and I don't want to... uh, I don't want to be uh, uh, going past all this because I want to pick up and come back next week. But you'll see that, again, that the 43rd verse says that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. And this is the festival of booths, and we're going to talk about that. That's kind of a neat thing. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. What is that? That's his stamp. You say, well, I'm not going out and live in no booth. Well, be careful. Be careful. Why do you think that he had that festival of booths? So you and I can know just a little bit in our backyards what our forefathers went through. Just a little bit. Everything in Judaism is a pattern of remembrance. A pattern of trying to get us to remember and to observe, remember, remember. I guess you first need to observe to remember, but we need to realize that when God brings this out, God isn't doing this. God is not saying <coughs> no work from Friday sundown to sundown Saturday because I won't be mean to you. God is trying to bless us. He's tried to bless every generation on the face of this earth. If you are, again... Uh, and surprisingly enough, the people that you know that, that don't that aren't teachable, and there's there's another point that I think we need to talk about here just briefly before we quit tonight. If you're not teachable, you're going to miss all this. People that aren't teachable are so self-centered within themselves that they can't learn anything different than what they themselves have discovered first. Now you, I, you probably can't write that all down. But that's a good Holy Ghost definition of what that's all about. In other words, if they had thought of it, woo! But since they didn't, nah. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shame, 
Thank <laughs> you. 